Good morning and welcome, and we are joined at this time by Congressman Greg Pence, who represents Indiana's 6th Congressional District on Capitol Hill. Good morning to you, Congressman. Good morning, Tom. How are you today? Oh, I'm fantastic. How are you, sir? I couldn't be any better now that I'm talking to you. <laughs> well, the feeling's mutual, sir. Uh-huh. Appreciate that. And, uh, of course, uh, on Friday, uh, Congressman, the House approved uh, President Biden's uh, Build Back Better and infrastructure agendas on Friday. And uh, just want to get your your thoughts on that. Yeah, let me kind of break it out a little bit for you. Um, There's two bills that are called infrastructure. One is the uh, what what has been referred to as the uh, bipartisan infrastructure bill, which was the hardcore uh, infrastructure and it include the surface transportation reauthorization that's roads and, and things like that and then the BBB which we now call build back better is the bill that's the social infrastructure that when we go back uh, Nancy Pelosi said on uh, Saturday that we would be working on and passing that before Thanksgiving but yeah uh, the infrastructure bill passed um very very late friday we were supposed to be uh out of session but that's my job i have been spent the last two weeks sitting literally tom sitting wondering what was going on with the democrats as they were arguing about whether or not they were going to pass the hard infrastructure bill and that finally got done and it didn't get done because the uh, democrats passed it it got done because 13 republicans voted for the hard infrastructure bill, which is something that had lit, had been sent to us three, uh, three months ago, August 11th, the Senate passed it. We had debated this and talked about this all last spring. Uh, I opposed it. One, it's about $300 billion in tax increases. There's a lot of organizations that are for this. Uh, I will tell the listeners that the things I don't like about it is uh, it's the electrification uh, of the transportation industry, many dollars to build EV stations, expand the power grid, uh, uh, give credits for Amtrak, uh, which, um, you know, the ridership has gone down, as well as electric buses uh, in urban areas. As I've said all along, there is a broadband component. But it, it um, you and I have talked about this a few times, it favors uh, urban areas, not rural areas. What it does is it speeds up uh, broadband in urban areas where they already have it versus in the ur- uh, rural areas where we need it, where we want it for telehealth, teleeducation. Uh, we would get less dollars. Now, I- I'll, I'll tell folks I'm not opposed to the electrification of the transportation industry. But being on energy and commerce, having been uh, spent many, many years in the energy distribution industry, having talked to many folks involved in Indiana, in the district, and, of course, across the nation on, on my committee, uh, we're, we're way, way ahead of the technology. I, some of your listeners will remember when they put the little electric cars in downtown Indianapolis for the tune of $30 million. Nobody used them. Uh, the, they, they had all kinds of problems, and then they pulled them out, and that was a total waste of money. I'm afraid that the technology and the ability to implement uh, and get a return or make those dollars have real value is just not there yet. And to have put that much money to increase our debt uh, at this 
this time is not a good idea. Uh, and then we'll go back and we'll talk about all the social infrastructure uh, um, issues, which includes uh, 87,000 more IRS agents and an $80 billion more budget for the IRS. I guess I guess that's to audit people that make, uh, I know, it's, a, it's to audit people that make less than $400,000 a year. You know, it's uh, they think that farmers and small business folks uh, aren't paying their fair share of taxes, and so they're going to have a whole bunch more people. You know, there was talk about um, looking into people's bank account. This is this is big government. This is big brother coming right into our own homes. And, I, and I'm going to oppose this one, fight tooth and nail, and I sure hope that um, – some of my peers on the Republican side don't don't support that one. And uh, of course, you mentioned the uh, thirteen uh, Republicans, uh, you know, from your own caucus who uh, um, went to the other side and uh, and voted for this. I mean, uh, do you have any feel for for why that happened? Boy, I don't, Tom. A lot of a number of them are members of what's called the uh, uh, you know a group that wants to work across the aisle. Um, you know, the um, figure out um, how to, it's problem solvers. They want to figure out how to get things done. Um, I'm just, there's a, it's a bigger group than 13. I don't know why so few of them uh, decided that they were going to vote for it. A number of them aren't running again. So you can fill in a blank there. Why would you vote for something that you know, your party opposes, you know, you think it's just going to raise the debt, which it is. Uh, the uh, the scoring, the CBO uh, has scored that, meaning it's it's going to raise taxes by at least $300 billion. Why, why would you do that unless maybe you're trying to make somebody else happy? I don't know. I'm just, uh, um, um, I'm, I'm not angry about it. I'm disappointed in them. Uh, and there's an awful lot of people today, and of course Saturday morning we're scratching their head, trying to figure out why they did that. And, and frankly, I'll tell you, Tom, I didn't know they were going to do that. You know, when, I, when you spend months sitting around watching the Democrats argue about something and then, you know, not knowing whether that or not they have the, bill, the, the, the uh, votes, it turns out they didn't need the votes. Uh, it, was, it was people uh, on my side that uh, got it across the finish line. So I don't know. I, I think... The listeners can hear in my voice. I, I'm disappointed. I'm going to bring that back when I get back to D.C. next week. I'm in the district this week, but I'm going to bring back my disappointment uh, in my peers that uh, are raising the debt mm-hmm. and helping to enable this next bill, which has horrible things in it. Okay, and this by uh, social infrastructure, this is uh, this is not obviously not uh, roads and bridges and things of that nature or broadband. And it's nothing like that. Not nothing like that. Nothing like that. And there's for those that are concerned about such things, the Hyde Amendment uh, is uh, has been bipartisan and has always been in every infrastructure bill. It is not in this bill or the next one. And that means that the federal government can give money to pay for abortions. And that, uh, again, the, the social infrastructure says uses the term equity hundreds and hundreds of times, meaning let's put money, let's let's bail out Chicago. Let's do that. 
All right. So we're going to keep an eye on that uh, for sure. And uh, and uh, moving on, uh, your colleague, uh, Congresswoman uh, Jackie Walarski, uh, been urging the, uh, urging the Biden administration to address the uh, energy crisis facing Hoosiers. And can you give us a little bit of background on that, please? Well, doggone it, uh, Tom. You know, Jackie Walarski is uh, from up up uh, the top of Indiana. She's a she's a fellow Hoosier. Uh, you know, I'm on Energy and Commerce. She's on Ways and Means. These are the two most powerful committees where where everything goes through our committees and get to hear about a lot of things and, and have a lot of testimonies before us. And you know, gasoline's up 42 percent. I don't know about the listeners, but my electric bill's gone up quite a bit. Uh, that. And so we're asking the administration to stop, uh, stop for a minute, take a look, and uh, be sensitive to the fact that the middle class and us, us folks that are paying bills out here, our costs are going through the roof, along with inflation on many other things. And, you know, the Secretary of Energy laughed on Thursday when asked what we could do about gas price. She laughed and said, well, well there's, you know, there's a lot of things that affect that. Well, let me tell you. Let me tell you, we had low energy prices when we became energy independent. Now, you shut down the Keystone Pipeline, and now they're, they, the Biden administration announced that they're going to shut down a pipeline coming into northern Michigan from Canada that goes all the way down to Detroit. And listeners, that affects us. That's the Midwest. That affects us. So that's if they shut down that pipeline of crude oil that comes into refineries in this country, they can make the gas right here or make the diesel right here. That's going to drive up gasoline, natural gas, propane, diesel fuel. Uh, you know, and, and you know, we ask them, you know, come pay attention. And, and I don't think they're going to. I think what they want to do is get rid of fossil fuels. And they want to. The way they're going to pay for the electrification, transportation industry is make. The cost of our electricity, natural gas, gasoline, and diesel, uh, they're going to drive those prices up and get the money from there to pay for electric cars and, I guess, electric tractors. Not sure I understand that one. but. All right. Well, with that, uh, we're going to go ahead and we're going to take a quick time out and we'll continue our conversation with Congressman Greg Pence. It's coming up right after this. Don't adjust your radio. The sound that you hear is your stomach. You're having trouble focusing. You can't recall your last meal. You're trapped in the hunger zone. The solution, Batesville to go. Let To Go deliver a hot, fresh meal to your home or office whenever hunger strikes. To Go delivers the best food from local restaurants. Visit us online at togodelivers.com or call us at 812-727-8800. Batesville to go. Big city convenience, small town taste. And welcome back to The Daily Pod. I'm Tom Snape as we continue our uh, twice-a-month conversation with Congressman Greg Pence, who represents Indiana's 6th Congressional District. And uh, you also had uh, some thoughts uh, on uh, Capitol Hill as far as the Biden administration's OSHA vaccine mandate, which has now been uh, put on hold uh, by the courts. And uh, can you uh, tell us a little bit about that? Sure, Tom. You know, uh, I, I sent a letter um uh, made a statement. Uh, I actually attended a rally on the Capitol uh, Hill lawn uh, the uh, on uh, Friday, Friday morning. And the good news is that the Biden's uh, mandate that uh, companies require or force, let's call it what it is, force uh, vaccinations on their employees or, or have penalties, and they're huge penalties per person, 
Uh, fortunately, the court said, you know what, uh, we need to do a stay, which means put it on hold because it's not constitutionally appropriate. It is an unconstitutional mandate. I'm all, if an employer says you gotta you gotta come in at 7:30 or you gotta be wear masks or, or, or um, uh, get a vaccination, that's their business. But when we have the federal government telling people they got to do that, you know what they're going to do next, Tom? They're going to have the little kids all have to get vaccinated before they go to school. You just know it. Give them an inch and they take a mile. Fortunately, the governor and the attorney general in our state, along with many other states, sued the federal government and put a halt to this while we can uh, while we can temporarily discuss this. I, I'll tell you, here's. Here's here's the telling truth, and this I'm gonna your listeners, folks. This disgusts me. The deadline was December third, but they put they moved it to January fourth because of the holiday season, so that they could deliver you your uh, presents and your holiday Christmas, uh, uh, all the different holidays that we have. They could get the merchandise to you. So I guess. I guess big corporate profit is more important than their alleged uh, COVID uh, um, battle, which is going to be handled by vaccinations. So, uh, you know, that's just telling. Uh, Horrible. I I can't believe it. So I guess the government puts profit over safety. All right. So, again, that is uh, that is on hold for now, the OSHA vaccine mandate. This is the one that came out last week. And then it was, what, uh, maybe, what, 24 hours after this initially came out that the uh, that, uh, the, the, the brakes were pumped on this? Right. Uh, well, all these states uh, immediately sued uh, the federal government. And then the courts, um, put, again, put a stay on it. And, you know, again, the uh, uh, supply the supply chain convinced the Biden administration to give them an extra 30 days so they could get through the Christmas the holidays, which again, um, you know, I guess like so is it is this really going to help people or not? I guess it's, I guess let let me be really crass, Tom. Mm-hmm. I guess it'll be okay for people to get infected 30 days while they deliver the goods. So yeah, so uh, we'll, uh, that's another one that. Uh, you know, we'll we'll definitely uh, be keeping an eye on uh, through our uh, various resources and stuff. So, uh, again, that's the uh, the OSHA vaccine mandate. Again, the uh, uh, it's uh, going through the courts now. A stay has been put on that. Uh, that was issued just hours after that uh, by the uh, uh, lawsuits filed by uh, numerous attorneys general across the country. And um, yes, sir. Also, uh, uh, shifting gears here, uh, you'd uh, join an energy and commerce hearing to address Indiana's uh, nursing shortage, and uh, you've used the term uh, crippling, and uh, can you expand on that a little bit, please? Yeah, Tom, I've, you know, uh, last two weeks I've been out in D.C., but the weeks before that I'm uh, out in the district. Again, I'll be out in the district all this week, and I've, I've visited many hospitals, talked to many uh, uh, directors of nursing, CEOs of hospitals, uh, hospital groups. Uh, the nursing shortage out there is absolutely everywhere. It's absolutely everywhere. Um, what is happening in the industry across the 6th District, across Indiana, across the country, is that nurses are not available to take, do pre- and post-care in many hospitals and, and in many nursing homes, that same shortage. Now, there's a number of reasons for that. One is we had a shortage before we went into the pandemic. 
Two is burnout. Um, three is safety. Some folks, you know, are, are concerned about being exposed to COVID. But now the, now the, now the next one is, is um, uh, these mandates, which I, I have had directors of nursing, and I won't tell you which hospitals, tell me that they are going to lose about 10 to 20 percent of the nurses said I'm not getting vaccinated. I've been around for two years. I don't I don't feel that uh, I feel I have immunity. And, you know, kind of like my wife who had COVID about a year ago, uh, she tests positive positive for uh, the antibodies. And she just tested, you know, a year later, she just tested a couple weeks ago and she still has it. That doesn't count. Uh, as an exemption, and that's that's too bad. Um, so nurses have that as well, and this is costing hospitals an enormous amount of money for to bring in what they call traveling nurses, and that's the crippling part to our health care. Not only aren't there are there people not available, but Hospitals are being forced to hire people at uh, sometimes $150 an hour just to have nurses on staff. And I, and I, I don't want to scare folks with all the stories I've heard, not here in the 6th District because we're Hoosiers, but in other areas. In Washington, D.C., on Thursday night, there were 200 and some people in an IC, uh, in an emergency room and the backlog was because there weren't enough nurses uh, to care, to get these people through um, the emergency room. So, what I there were seven people on the committee uh, testifying, and when I mentioned that we need we need to identify the problem before we fix it, we have a nursing shortage. We need to figure out what we can do about it. And all seven of those uh, witnesses were shaking their heads. So, I have and will continue to talk to bring this forward before it gets worse and figure out what we can do. You know, there's a lot of COVID dollars out there that haven't been spent. We need our nurses, those people that are, were, have been on the front line for the last two years. So, so we need to make sure that we get nurses where they need to be and, and keep them safe. Okay, and and again to uh, reiterate, that was that was in Washington D.C. where they were at the uh, yes, crisis sir. tipping point. Okay, all yes, right. Yes, sir. I, I I was in a committee hearing. Okay, all right. And then uh, and finally, uh, let's. Uh, well, I say we we end on a light note, uh, Congressman. Uh, you'll be uh, you said you're going to be around the district this week, and uh, can you give us a little bit of preview and uh, also uh, anything else uh, we might have missed uh, before we uh, uh, turn you loose today? Well, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to go to a uh, economic uh, presentation uh, over in Colum- by IUPUI uh, over in Columbus today. Uh, I'm going to meet with Allison Transmission today. We have, there's a lot of employees in the district that work there. Meet with them, listen to what their concerns are. And we'll, we'll work on the rest of the schedule this week. You know, get out. Uh, sometimes I literally, Tom, just get in the car and, and show up like like I did uh, over by you a yes. couple weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and we and we and we appreciate you and your uh, your staff members uh, showing up and saying hello. It was it was quite yeah. quite neighborly of you. <laughs> well, well, we talk we talk every other week, and I, you know I got to yep. say hi once in a while, right? That's right, absolutely. So you know, and again, if if folks need any, if they need us to help them with anything, pence.house.gov. All right, pence.house.gov. And, uh, Congressman, uh, we appreciate your time, as always, uh, this morning. And uh, best of luck and uh, safe travels out there. All right, thanks, Tom. Have a great day. Again, our thanks to Congressman Greg Pence, who represents Indiana's 6th Congressional District on Capitol Hill, for joining us this morning. I'm Tom Snape for The Daily Pod.